0: Alright, good morning, high desert. We're going on a blessed and beautiful Sunday morning, isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord with the people of God? Amen. Who's enjoying the little bit of the cool off we got? Yeah. Don't you like how the desert does that? It's ninety one day, then it's 25 the next. That's my favorite. So, <laughs> but praise God, we're staying warm and we're ready for all the great stuff coming up ahead. It's a great time to be serving God. It's a great time to be fellowshipping and being with the Lord. Amen. So we got a few announcements for you this morning about uh, some upcoming stuff. Uh, first of all, uh, our homeschool co-op uh, group where it's having an art show and recital and open house this Wednesday at 5 o'clock. So uh, we're going to have the art display that the kids have worked on. We're going to be doing uh, a a recital with the vocal class and the guitar class. And you can see all the great stuff that they've learned and worked on over the last little bit. So we're super excited about that. The kids are really excited to show you what they've learned. That's at 5 o'clock on Wednesday, especially for you parents and grandparents. It's going to be great. And then the next thing is, uh, we are getting close, close, close to finalizing our plans for our church Thanksgiving dinner. It's going to be uh, Sunday, I believe, the 22nd. Who's excited about that? Am I the only one? Now, I've got this Christmas sweater, or excuse me, Thanksgiving sweater that I've worn every Thanksgiving service since 2007. And I was like, there's no way the devil's going to stop me from wearing my orange argyle sweater. And I know you all look forward to it and love it, don't you? Jose says it's the highlight of his Thanksgiving every year. So I'm like, I can't disappoint. I can't let the boys and the girls down, all right? And then uh, this is an exciting one, new development. We are going to have a, uh, on the last Sunday of this month, it's the fifth Sunday, November 29th at 6 p.m., we are going to be having a Christmas came early party, all right? And so it's going to be a holiday event of the year. Everybody's talking about it. <laughs> Well, at least me and you are, so that makes a few of us. But uh, it's going to be at 6 p.m. that Sunday night. Cookies will be provided. And uh, there's going to be a little gift exchange for kids. There's a $1 limit on the gift exchange. Nothing more expensive than that. And parents, a $5 limit. Nothing more expensive than that. And we'll just kind of exchange. It's going to be really, really fun. But it's through the Family Life Ministry. And uh, we're excited, man. It is the most wonderful time of the year. And we're going to do things right and honor Jesus. Amen man let's give a great big hand for jesus let's praise him this morning come on i'm glad that jesus was born. if jesus wasn't born man all right well with that being said today is also an important day for us also today is the day that we honor our veterans Veterans Day is coming up, amen, this week. And we at High Desert Word Center are eternally grateful for our veterans, those that served or currently are serving. And we've got a a church full of men and women that have uh, been willing to give it all for our beautiful, wonderful United States of America. And we are grateful so i'm gonna have pastor and mrs pastor come forward today we do have a gift for each veteran or current active duty member here and uh we want to thank them for what they've done and what they are willing to do for us we do not take it lightly we love our veterans so pastor and mrs uh, pastor we've got a uh we have got a gift for these guys but i'm gonna let you kind of say a little bit of what you want to say
1: all righty. Well, all you veterans, come on up. How's that? Yeah. Come on up if you're a veteran. Amen. Come on. We want to honor you. Let's go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo! People who have served our nation. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Woo! Glory. Woo! Also Also if you are a veteran of a a widow of a veteran or even a widower of a veteran, come on up. So that Pam, that's you. And anybody else out here who's a widow of a veteran or a widower of a veteran, come on down. All right. Okay, well, let's start down this end. Alright. Hi, Pam. <laughs> this is Pam Church, and her husband, Frank, was in the military how many years? 26 Twenty-six years. He was in Vietnam for three years. And uh, awesome, awesome guy. We loved him. And and Pam is his wife. Amen. Hallelujah. Walter Easterling, tell us what branch of service you were in and how many years.
0: I I was in the Army for 10 years.
1: years. All right. Austin Brady.
0: I was in the Marine Corps for six years.
1: (laughs) This is Raul uh, Reyes.
2: I was in the Army for nine nine years. Okay. Dylan Johnson. Uh US Navy served four years. All
1: right. Yeah. All right. Robert Valdez. Uh, almost twenty seven years. In yeah. what? In the Army and the National Guard. This was your boss. This is Leanne Joyce. Um, I was in the Army National Guard Reserve and then I deployed the last year of my service of nineteen years. a, grab a goodie. Thank Thank you, Leah. That's a long time. And she was even deployed when her baby was little, you know. I mean, a lot of you men were, but that's kind of different for a mama. Yeah, this is Frank Casillas.
3: I served 20 years in the military, jumping out of airplanes a few of those years, and uh, I was in the Gulf War.
1: Were you you in the Army? I was in the Army. And he said he was in the Gulf War. Paratrooper. Sheesh. There you go. And this is Cletus Brown.
0: Army twenty one years.
1: And you were all over the place too, huh? He was all over the place too. These guys are something else. <laughs> we have a, a kind of a new veteran. Are you still are you still active, sorta? <laughs> Kinda. Kinda. This is Jacob Woodhurst. Tell us about you. So
0: Spent nine and a half years in the Army and uh, getting out.
1: Getting out. He, they got out to come here and to serve at High Desert Word Center. So, amen.
2: Hallelujah. I'll, I'll tell you what, we we love God's Army and we love the natural Army. And, you and you know, armies are in the Bible. God's the one that set up governments. God's the one that has plans and we got spiritual enemies, we got natural enemies. And praise God for the for the spiritual warriors, the pastors, the people that serve God. But how about the natural guys too? that do this in the natural. They care they carry out the commands. But let's let's just pray over our you know, current military, the things going on in the world around the nation. And uh give thanks to God for all the, all, all the people all around our nation that have served all these years. And you know, I've got uh two i've got two in laws in the army got a grandson in the army got a son in the marines right now and i just I just praise God you know that uh, my 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 dad my father in law were world War two vets, and we've got we've got so many people all of us do that we appreciate but uh you know it's not just a nice thing when we recognize them, but really it's a, it's a very right thing it's honorable and it's right so let's all stand up and extend our hands towards these towards these guys up here let's just pray for our nation let's, that's the right thing to do. Father, we want to thank you in the name of Jesus that we know from the very start of America, the Revolutionary War, right down to all the wars that all the conflicts has been for all, all the history of this nation, Lord. <clears throat> there's so many men and women and even so many young men and children, Lord, that fought in days gone by to try to secure the freedom of this nation to be a Christian nation, one nation under God, with liberty and justice for all. And, Lord, we give you great thanks for all the heroes and heroines from days going past, for these here at our church today, and for those around, around, the, around the nation, Lord, that have served you. But, Lord, especially for those that are serving you today. We know there's a whole lot of stuff going on right now that we really don't know about. But there's men and women and, there, and there's families left behind as their dads, their moms, brothers, sisters, sons, daughters our servant Lord in places around the world we just want to thank you for the blood of Jesus over them want to thank you for the wisdom of God want to thank you for unity want to thank you Lord for no division within our military our government leadership and Father we just want to thank you that you told us that our our job in your army you said preach the gospel to every creature and you said when this gospel is preached to all the world then will the end come so Lord we know that we're doing our part our forces do their part to protect protect the freedoms here. And we just give you praise and glory, Jesus, that the word of God says you're our commander in chief. <laughs> you're, you're, you're over all the armies. And we just thank you, Father, that we do live in a great nation. We thank you, Lord, that there's great people in this nation. And, Lord, we're going to do all we know to do as part as Christians to make sure we let our light shine so the light in America doesn't go out but burns brightly, Lord, you come back in jesus name everybody said Amen. amen amen well another hand for these guys
0: All right, very good, man. What an honor, what a privilege to be, even be in the presence of wonderful people like that. We are blessed at High Desert Word Center uh, to have these great men and women amongst us. So praise God. Well, with with all that being said, who knows what time it is now? Happy time. It is happy time. Very good. You're, are you happy about happy time? Are you complacent about it? Are you mediocre? No, you're happy and we're happy because God loves a cheerful giver according to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. So if you need an envelope this morning, raise your hand and the ushers are going to get one to you. And we're going to open up our Bibles to some solid teaching on tithing. Malachi chapter 3. Let's flip over there to Malachi chapter 3. Amen. And I'm grateful that I have a church, I'm grateful that I have a storehouse, as the word calls it, to bring my tithes into, uh, because the tithing isn't just for uh, God's benefit, man. The tithing is for my benefit. I, I've noticed the further I get into this whole Christian thing, that all the things that God asked me and tells me to do, it's for my benefit it's not to hurt me it's not to make life harder on me everything that God tells me to do is so I can set myself up to have a better life amen and that includes tithing let's look at Malachi chapter 3 we're going to be in the New Living Translation here Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8 and it says it puts it like this should people cheat God who thinks you should cheat God show of hands No. I, I mean personally that sounds like a very bad idea I'm not a cheater, but if I was going to cheat somebody, it would not be God. Amen. And so should people cheat God? Well, no, they shouldn't. Yet you have cheated me, he says. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. Now, tithe, that's not a word you use every day in modern day English, but we know that that means a tenth. A tithe is one-tenth, and, and and in this instance, talking about bl- biblical tithing, it's talking about a tenth of whatever your resources or income is. Now, if you lived in a culture like back then where the the main uh, resource was your agriculture, well, then they would bring uh, one-tenth of all the agriculture that they had grown into the storehouse. Now, where I live in Barstow, California, I can't go to the store and give them ten ears of corn and then exchange that for goods. They want U.S. currency. Currency, right, That's the main currency that our economy operates on. So I'm going to give 10% of that income to God. But look at this verse 9 says you are under a curse for your whole nation or your whole people group has been cheating me bring all the tithes into the storehouse that's the temple so there will be enough food and provision in my temple if you do says the lord of heaven's armies i will open the windows of heaven for you i will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it all in try it Put me to the test. And so God's saying in this passage of Scripture, He's like, I, I know, man, it may not make much sense, but I am daring you, try this out, put me to the test, do what I'm telling you to do, and watch what happens in your life. And I can tell you from my experience... Time and time and time again. When I am faithful to give God that 10% that He's asked for, He always takes care of me. Every Amen. single time. And it says right here, It will open up the windows of heaven. Well, if, if there's a window that's closed what do you, and you open it up, that means it's wide open and, and, and you can get in and out of it or whatever, right? But if the window's closed... There's nothing coming through that. And so I'm telling you right now that he says, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on your life that is so great that you won't even have room enough to take it all in. That sounds like a good life to me. That sounds like God's will for our lives. And so I challenge you today if you've been on the fence about, well, do I tithe? Do I not tithe? God said, just try it out. Put me to the test and watch what I can do in your life because I have found out in my experience that God's way is always better than my way even if it doesn't make sense to my brain. It always turns out better than what I was trying to do on my own. Is there any tithers that you could say the same thing? That I don't regret being faithful to God in this area. I don't regret obeying God one bit. Because He always keeps His end of it. Amen. Amen. Faith over our, over our uh, tithes and offerings. And let me ask this. Who's ready to have an awesome time of praise and worship today? Amen. Who's ready to sing to Jesus and let His praise? it's okay to get excited at church i found that out a while back too that it's what god's doing and it's okay just to get excited about jesus amen we're going to say some words of faith over our giving and then i expect you to enter in to the presence of god the door on in to the throne of grace amen let's speak some words of faith as we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go.
3: You are and God, you have with you and alive. have. You feel it, we cast it, and break every chain. of oh God, You have done great things We dance in your freedom, awake and alive Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lift it high, oh God You have done great You conquer the grave you free every captive and break every chain of the You have done great. We can't see your freedom or wake and alive. Lord oh, Jesus, I say your name will be You have done great. God, above it all, how they are God, how they have done great things. How they God, above it all, how they are God, how they are you. You have done great things, you've done great things Oh dear Lord of heaven, you conquered the grave You freed every captive and break every chain Oh God, you have done great we dance in your blue, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, I say, Your name lifted high above. You have done great things. Hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God. Jacobo. Hallelujah, you have done great things Hallelujah, God, above it all Hallelujah, God, unshakable Hallelujah, you have done great things You've done great things Oh, dear Lord of heaven, you conquered the grave. You freehold, free every captain and break every chamber. You have done great. things. We can't your freedom, oh, we can alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high over God. You have done great things. But you have done great, I've got you. Today.
4: This morning we're going to learn a song together, and some of you might already know this one, but before we do, I just want to read a scripture over us, if that's okay. And this is found in Romans chapter 8, verse 37 and 38, and it says, No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And then in verse 38 it says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. So, we're going to sing a song about the victory that we have in the Lord. So I just want you to keep that in mind, that we've got this overwhelming victory in Christ Jesus. And not only that, despite everything, nothing can separate us from the love of God. So let's just, uh, let's learn this song together. Yes. Took what the enemy meant for evil, and you turned it for good. You turned it for
3: good.
2: Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the Holy Written Word of God. Lord, we know that everything we see, everything that was created, was created by your spoken word. And we know, Lord, that then you spoke your word through men over the ages. They've written them down in the book we call the Bible. And you told us to live by the words of the Bible. You told us we live by faith and not by sight. You told us not to focus on what we see, but to focus on the eternal, everlasting, holy written word of God, because that's where our answers come from. Lord, you told us that in the last days there'd be a lot of things happen that weren't fun or pleasant, but you said, He that stays faithful till the end shall be saved. You told us, you told us that this gospel would be preached in all the world for a witness then the end would come you told us that faith in your word faith in your son Jesus would overcome anything and everything that ever comes our way as the Lord we know just as Psalms 91 says that we live in the secret place of the most high a thousand may fall on our left hand ten thousand on our right hand Will not come nigh us as, as long as we keep our eyes on you and stay living for you and serving you and loving people. So, Lord, today I want to thank you as your servant, as your messenger, as you told me this morning, through the Epistle of Peter. You told me, speak the oracles of God, stick with the truth of the word, and people be helped. So that's what we're going to do, Lord. And I want to thank you that everyone that's watching us on the internet, everyone's in this service, we leave today, if they were looking down and they were full of doom and gloom, they're going to look up. Because you said, look up, your redemption draweth nigh. And Father, for the ones that have already been looking up, that already been full of faith and expectancy for you, I just want to thank you, Lord. We're going, to, we're going to throw fuel on the fire and they're going to be lit up that much more. And you said, let our light so shine that <laughs> our light can't shine without fuel. And we know the fuel's faith from the Word. You said, let our light so shine before men that they see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. And Jesus, the last thing I want to pray is this. You said in John chapter 17, in that great prayer you prayed, for end-time believers you said that we are in the world but we're not of the world and so Father I just want to thank you that although we're temporarily in this world we know that our censorship's in heaven and so we receive as ambassadors of Christ we receive fresh instructions today we receive inspiration today and Lord we receive boldness today to keep on doing what believers are supposed to do preaching Jesus everywhere we go and we just want to thank you, Father. Today's a good day, because it's the day you've made. And we rejoice and we're glad in it. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. Man, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, Jesus told us in Matthew 6 that we're supposed to go to that secret place called our prayer closet and pray. And that's the Psalms 911, the secret place of the Most high but I close my eyes up here. I forget that I'm not at home in my prayer closet but I've been in church and there's other people listening but that's how I communicate with God. I speak His word to him. He said he said, if we abide in him and his words abide in us, we ask what we will to be done unto does. So when I pray I can't help but pray the word because that's where I live at. I don't know what I pray the word, I pray the answers. And so I'm going to share some things with you today that are going to help you to have faith for what all's been on around. As a matter of fact, our lesson's called the basics of faith. But before I get to the lesson I have, the Lord gave me a couple of verses specifically for you. But I was up early this morning doing my preparation and, and by the way I learned something years and years and years ago. Uh man, I've been I've been preaching for a lot of years, but back in nineteen eighty-one down at John Osteen's church. How many of you have ever heard of Joel Osteen? Well, I used to sit under his dad, John Osteen, the one one that gave birth to him. And and, and John John Osteen taught me something. He he said he never prepares sermons. He always prepares himself. And then sermons just come out. And then in 1985, I was at Robert's University. Man, I've been around just a little while, haven't I? Maybe, Maybe I've learned a few things, but I'm... I've still learned and grown, but I think about these great men of faith, great women of faith that I've said over the years that have helped me. But old Roberts said, said, said he never prepares a message. He always prepares a messenger. And so when I, when I prepare what I'm going to preach to people that God uh, trusts me to influence, I always number one make sure that I'm not thinking about who might be here, who might not be here. I don't think about current events, what's going on. I get my eyes on Jesus. I go into my prayer closet, and then what Jesus gets me, gives me, that's what comes out. And that way, I'm assured that I can face him with confidence when he judges me. That I didn't, I didn't try to be a politician, or I didn't try to be a, a, a controller, but I tried to be a servant of Jesus. That said what Jesus wanted. Because uh, if you're a Christian, you know that God calls and gives pastors to be his messenger to the people. He trusts that particular pastor. Amen. And so this morning, he gave me a couple. Go ahead, Heather. Put them up. He gave me a couple verses. Or one verse. Actually, this first here I want to share with you. But it's out two different translations. Because over the years, they've always helped me. And I I, I can tell you this from my own life, I quit watching the news last week because I know the only good news is the Bible. And I know that faith comes by hearing the Bible. I know that fear comes by hearing the word of man and and other things. And so I knew with the turmoil in our nation, and I knew with the news that was distorted through man's lens, that if I watched what was going on after I see the direction things were headed with all the confusion, I knew that I'd get confused. And Jesus said, if the blind lead the blind, they both fall in the ditch. And so I knew I had to quit watching that stuff and had to really, really, really get in that prayer closet and stay with Jesus so I could tell you what the news is from heaven. I praise God for that new song we've got. That was some good news from heaven. Amen. But anyway, if you have been so unfortunate as been getting soaked with news the last few days, then you might be messed up. And because I don't have to be out there mixed with the world like you do, I'm kind of isolated. Number one, my full-time duty is preaching. And so I spend time with Jesus, not around a bunch of other co-workers that are all messed up. And so if you've been around family and friends and news that things that got you messed up, particularly listen to 1 Peter 5-7 in the Amplified Bible and the Living Bible. And over the years, what I've been through in possible situations, these have always carried me through. 1 Peter 5-7, the Amplified Bible says, Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries... All your concerns. Do you know there's millions and millions and millions of Americans right now that they're worried, they're anxious, they're full of concerns? Well, my brethren, this ought not be so if you're born again Christian on a Bible. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, this shouldn't be so. And you know, I want to say this. This isn't the message. This just something God gave me to start off with to give you. In the Bible, there's always a God part and a man part. How many know that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world? But everybody that hears about Jesus doesn't go to heaven because they don't obey what the Bible says to do about it. He said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He didn't say the whole world be saved. He said salvation through Jesus is available to the whole world. God's part says, God so loved the world that he sent. God did his part, he sent Jesus. Jesus did his part, he went to the cross. God did his part, he raised him from the dead. Preachers do their part, we tell you about it. But then your part is, you got to say, Jesus... I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I believe you're God's Son. You die for my sins. So the God part was, he sent Jesus. The Jesus part was, he died, raised from the dead. But the man part to get the benefit is, he's got a call. Amen? And so this verse right here is for believers. And I want you to notice what he says to do, casting the whole of your care. God's part is, he'll take it, but he can't take it unless you give it. And so cast it in the holy you care, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on him, for Jesus cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Jesus cares. But the difference is he can do something about it, and you can't. Now the living Bible that says this. I'll wait till that flashes on the screen so you can see this. Here's the Living Bible says Let him, Jesus, have all your worries and cares. Let him have them, for he's always thinking about you. And watching everything that concerns you. Jesus is concerned about your government. Jesus is concerned about this COVID stuff in your church life. Jesus is concerned about everything going on right now in our society. And the difference between Jesus and us. we All goofed up in the head. Can't change it. But Jesus said, give me all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries. And when the Lord gave me these verses this morning, I was up praying. And I got to thinking why I was praying. I was in my prayer closet at home. I had my eyes closed just thinking about Jesus like I did a minute ago. Closed my eyes, started praying. And what I did, I kind of saw the whole world. And I said, Jesus, right now, right now, down in Kupas, Sonora, Mexico, where I went on a mission trip in 1995. I said, Lord, you're listening to those people right now today just like you're listening to me. And then I said, Lord, when I was in Kiev, Ukraine in 1999, right now you know the number of every hair of every person in Ukraine and you're listening to them right now if they're talking to you. And then I went down to Nicaragua. Talk about this morning, just traveling around, just looking at things. Nicaragua, South America... Canada, all the places I've been around this country, I said, Jesus every person in this whole world right now that they're talking to you you're listening to them and I said, Father you're so omnipotent, you're so omnipresent and all those other words talk about your omnis, you're all those things and that's how awesome you are and then I saw you I thought about this verse and Jesus said, let you know if these cares, anxieties, worries, and concerns are overwhelm over your faith, then you cast all this on him. You give it back to him. And let me tell you how to do that. It's real simple. I've been through this through health crisis in my life, financial crisis, church problems, family problems over the years. It always works the same way. You just make up the decision. Since you can't change it, and he can, just let him have it. And so all you do is open up your mouth and do something like this. Say, Jesus, I know that right now the world's in a mess. I know our country's in a mess. California's in a mess. And I know that I'm just one person. I'm not you. But you told me that you're the one that can change things, but i got to give it to you. And so I just then, something like this, I say, Jesus. And he said, cast him away. I say, Jesus, Take all this stuff off me. I don't want it anymore. I want to thank you, Jesus. You're in control of my country. I want to thank you, Jesus. You're in control of this COVID stuff. And it's going to come to pass. Been eight months now. Boy, that's terrible, isn't it? Been eight months now this mess has been going on. How many of you ever went with a mess that lasted eight months or longer ever before besides this time? Did it come to pass? Hey, you just stayed serving Jesus. So anyway, you just do something like this say, Jesus, I have refused to worry about my country anymore. I've got to stay in faith and just thank you that you're working. Lord, I refuse to worry about this election business and all this stuff going on right now. Lord, I want to thank you that you're smarter than all these dumb newscasters and politicians and all these other people. All they are is people, but you're God. And you just give it to him, <clears throat> and then... When stuff tries to come back on you, you say, no cares, I'm not taking you back, I gave you to Jesus. Anxiety tries to get on you, and you start getting all upset, say, no, 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 I refuse this in Jesus' name, Jesus has this, amen? And so, if that stuff's been getting on you, then that's what you got to do, and just as an act of faith, let's just do this together. Just close your eyes, that'll help you not to focus on man, close your eyes. Say, Jesus... we got to be in unity, man. We've got to have more than that. Say, Jesus, I know you're real. I know you can do anything. You can do everything. And the Bible says, you know everything that bothers me. And you care about everything that bothers me. But you also said, for me to give my worries my anxieties, all my concerns to you. So right now, Jesus, I've given this all to you. And I want to thank you that you took them. And I'm going to refuse to worry and be anxious about what's going on. I'm just going to thank you every day that you're in control and our future's bright. Amen, amen. If you believe that, then give the Lord a hand. Amen, amen, amen. And do you know, that's how this works. That'll take you through terminal cancer diagnosis and get you healed. That'll take you through bankruptcy and bring you out on top of that. How do I know that? Because I've been through the cancer stuff, been through the bankruptcy stuff, and I'm on top now. I'm not sick and I'm not broke. Amen. It'll take you through all of that. And so today we're talking about the basics of faith, and I was going to say outline, but you don't have an outline. But anyway, for the message, while going over my sermon notes this morning and thinking about all the crises and the bad news all around us, I thought of a couple more verses that we're going to put on the screen, but uh, they're, they're not on your outline, but they're, they're not going to be on your outline screen. I still think we're doing outlines, but we will someday again, won't we? But anyway, Hebrews chapter 12, And by the way, how many is reading our Hebrews uh, Bible study for this month? Boy, that is so good, isn't it? Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to look at this verse 1 in the Amplified Bible, then verse 2 in the Living Bible, and then I'll show you how this ties in at what Jesus wants to teach you today. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Amplified Bible says, or the Living Bible says. Since we have such a huge crowd of men of faith watching us from the grandstands, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back. And what he says is this, we've got loved ones that are in heaven right now watching us. There's crowds in the heaven. And the Bible says, and I believe the Bible, the Bible says they get to watch us run our spiritual race. They've ran theirs through there, and so it says we're supposed to lay down everything that would slow us down or hold us back, especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up. Let us run. Let 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 us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. And so that tells me that you need to focus right now on number one. Of course, number one is Jesus, but number one in your life in a not selfish way, but in a spiritual way, is you. You have to judge you. How are you running what God told you? What's your race? What's God gave you to do? And can I tell you what it is for the majority of you? You're supposed to be a believer in Jesus Christ. If you work at Fort Irwin, you work at the Marine Base, you work at Del Taco, Walmart, Walmart, Whatever it is that your status is in life, if you're a retired person that used to work, your number one thing is you are supposed to be a believer that lets your light shine and always has an answer to help the people around you because they don't know what to do. So he said, you lay aside everything that would hinder you. And right now, man, there's a lot to hinder you out there if you focus on it. Now look at verse 2. Verse two says this, looking away from all that will distract. Looking away from all that will distract. That's why my TV's on silent right now, except for gun smoke. Marshall Dillon and Festus don't distract me, or Miss Kitty. That's why Adam 12 doesn't distract me. I see what Los Angeles used to be like. Amen. That's why the rifle doesn't distract me. I watch these things that, uh, they're whole different things, but if I try to watch anything to do with modern times right now, that distracts me. He said, look away from all that will distract to Jesus. Now, here's what I want you to see, because we're going to be talking about the basics of faith. Who is the leader and the source of what? Where's our faith come from? It comes from Jesus. It says, he, he is the leader and source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief and also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. And so what that verse says is this. If you're a born-again Christian, your faith started because you called on Jesus believed in Jesus. Your faith came from Jesus. And then it says, Jesus is the one that also matures your faith. Cause it to grow. And so the very one that gave you faith to get saved from His Word is the very one, if you stay focused on His Word, that He's the very one that's going to perfect your faith and cause your faith to get mature. And you know, I'm thinking about something. It amazes me. I'm almost 41 years old in the Lord. And I've been, I've been preaching most of that time. And now at this season of life I'm in, God's sending me other preachers to my life for me to help them to come along and he sent such a couple like that to Mrs. Pastor and I this week. And boy, I tell you what, we sat and talked to them for seven hours straight to help them in the ministry where they were heading. And it absolutely stunned me. The wisdom of God from experiences the Word of God that came out of him in the last forty-some years of doing this, it amazed me. But, you know, I know other people been born again longer than I have. And they didn't have anything like what I had. Because they were distracted by sins and weights and didn't keep their eyes on Jesus. And so today, as we look at the basics of faith, the Lord's reminded me of my own life. One one thing that's helped me stay sharp, not only if I've been a church fanatic all of my Christian life, but I've been a want to grow fanatic as a pastor under other leaders every year of my ministry, I've went to several conferences every year. We're getting ready to go to a big one next week for pastors only. And when we go next week, I know what it's going to be. It's always the same thing. We do hear some new stuff, but it's always back to basics. That's why the Lord told me to teach you, again, back to the basics of faith. And why is that? Well, our foundation as a Christian must be solid. And... You know, I look at Nadine, the house person, like that. Some of you other people do work. Michael back there. You know, to in construction for houses. Some of the others. When you're doing houses, you have termite inspections, don't you? Why do you have termite inspections? Because things come try to mess up the foundation. And so it might look good on the roof if you got new shingles. But the foundation's been ate up by termites or water or wind damage down there. cause something to break away. Going to come a point in time, Jesus said... The wise man builds his house upon a rock. Then when the floods come and the winds blow, says that house won't move because it's got a solid foundation. Says the foolish man builds his house upon the sand. And so when we go back to basics, that's why I as a pastor go to leadership conferences and things like that. I want to hear again what I've heard before, plus anything else I need to do to make sure I take care of my foundation to make sure it's solid, because I don't plan on crashing when Christ has come. And you know, I look at our church. What's happened this year? I think our church has a pretty solid foundation in Jesus at his word, because our church hasn't crashed. Our church has grown this year. Amen. Amen. And that's because of the basics of faith that's in the leadership of the church that we impart to the members of the church. And so this church has a solid faith foundation because we that preach and teach and lead here make sure we keep our foundation solid and then that, that helps you keep your foundation solid. And so let's look at some basics of faith and, and I want to set this up just a little bit for the word of God. Look at 1st Timothy chapter 4 verse 6. 1st Timothy chapter 4 verse 6 and uh, we had an awesome men's meeting yesterday. We had a lot of men over there. And I told Mrs. Pastor when I came home, I said, man, that's the longest I've taught is something like that for quite some time. I don't know how long I taught. It must have been 45 minutes an hour, I guess. It was quite a while. But you know what I noticed? We had a lot of young boys in there, a lot of men in there. You couldn't have heard a pin drop the whole time I was teaching. You know Why? Everything's in a mess right now. People that are hungry for God are hungry for His Word. and They're like sponges. They soak it in. And so I dished it out and dished it out and dished it out. And I'll tell you what, I'll guarantee you, ladies, if your husband was there yesterday, you've got a different husband. But I'll tell you what, we didn't hold any punches. We showed them what a husband's supposed to be according to the Bible. And when you're a husband according to the Bible, then you got a wife that, wow. Man, she's gonna love and appreciate you that much more. Your children and grandchildren are gonna have that much more of a incentive in front of them to be a real man. Amen? But, so I said that to say this, as we get to the Word of God today, we're gonna to be hitting things that's really gonna help you. And I know for a season, when it seemed like things in our country were not really the mess like they were, seemed like churches got back to where they wanted to be just fifteen twenty minute sermons, just let's get in and get out because we gotta to get to the restaurant. Well the restaurant's out there to get to now. Things aren't like they were and so you know that you've got to have words from God so your family can live normal, even in an abnormal time, and so that your family can make it through this time without going under but going over. Amen. So we got good stuff. So anyway, uh first Timothy chapter four verse six. Paul told Pastor Timothy, no matter, he was a, he was a pastor at the church at Ephesus. That was the largest church there was at the, at the start of the church age. Says, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, said, remind them, put them in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of what? Faith and of good doctrine, teaching, where till thou hast attained. And so remember, he says, to make sure you keep reminding them again what they've heard. Some people maybe for the first time, but remember means to bring to mind or think of again. To bring to mind or think of again. And to be able to bring to one's mind an awareness of someone or something that one has seen, known, or experienced in the past. And you know, it surprised me when I was ministering to those ministers this week, all the things that my conscious mind had forgotten. But from my spirit, I took them through crisis after crisis after crisis over the last four decades that we overcame. And it totally shocked me. The absolute disaster should have destroyed my family, ministry, and our lives the last as of years but we overcame them and so i was being put in remembrance of things i'd learned things i'd done things i'd seen and that's why god said to timothy this pastor remind them remind them And i think about uh dennis copie back there you know he and i've got to do a lot of work together the last couple of years around my place he's helped me a lot well he's a younger guy like i am and he's learned a lot of things in life and it's nice when Two older guys get together, then all of a sudden we both start remembering things we've learned and some things we've kind of forgotten. Then we help each other and iron sharpens iron as things come together. And so when we come together like this and we say things, it's going to spark things in you and you're going to think, oh, wow, I heard that before, but I forgot. And so we have got to continually be reminded of the basics of faith. And so Paul told Pastor Timothy, keep teaching faith and help people recall what they've heard taught before. And so we're going to keep on teaching faith because faith always pleases God. Faith always gives you victory. Faith always changes what is to what it's supposed to be. The Lord told me years ago that faith doesn't deny things, faith changes things. And so, look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. I want to show you this again. But I want to say this too. With the nation right now, I'm not ignoring what's going on. I know what's going on. But, I can't change what's going on with my faith if I just focus on what's going on. I don't have my head, head in the sand. I know what's going on with my nation right now. But I know it's a spiritual warfare. I know this is straight from hell. To destroy a country that has their model in God we trust. To destroy a country that has all their money in God we trust. To have a country that our patriotic songs were based on the Bible. To have a country that has lots of Christian churches in it, that said lots of missionaries around the world that have Sunday school classes that teach boys and girls morality and things like that and Satan can't stand that and so I know what's going on and so I know there's a natural side of doing what God puts your heart to do politically about voting and all those kind of things but the first thing's the spiritual side and so I know that we've got to keep on teaching faith we've got to keep on living faith we've got to keep on practicing our faith And that's what changes things. Amen? So faith does deny things. Faith changes things. And so 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12 through 15, says this. Peter says to the people he was ministered to, Wherefore I will not be negligent. He said, Put you always in remembrance of these things. And so the Holy Spirit had Paul tell Timothy to keep reminding them. And now... Peter says, I'm going to keep on reminding you of these things, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. A lot of you are established already in the truth of the Word of God. Some of you aren't yet, so we'll help you get established. But it says, I'm going to remind you so you will keep on keeping on. Yea, I think it meet or necessary, as long as I'm in this tabernacle, he says, as long as I'm in this body, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. He keeps saying, I've got to stir you up. I gotta remind you what you know. Said you know it, but I gotta remind you. He says, yea, I think it meet to keep on reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off this tabernacle as I'm gonna die, even though the Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able, after my decease, after my death, to have these things always in remembrance. Have these things always in remembrance. And so, it's not so much what you've learned before; it's what you're knowing now and what you're doing now. You know, I just we're going to look at some good faith things here. But it amazes me sometimes when I'm around faith preachers, and I hear the unbelief comes out of their mouth still, and they didn't used to talk that way. But they've got away from the power of words in their confession. It amazes me the Christians I get around. That forgot about faith works by love. Love never fails. And then they tell me how they hate some politician. Or how they hate some person. Or I can't stand them. I think, man, what happened? They haven't been reminded of love. have been reminded of what God said about holding anything against somebody. And said, if you're going to forgive, then you'll be forgiven. But if you don't forgive, you're not going to receive forgiveness. You know, that's why preachers, I remember, uh, sorry Susan, <laughs> I remember, I remember when I first started pastoring, there was a great faith preacher coming to Indianapolis to preach. I was, I was preaching down in southern, southern southern Indiana from there. And I remember when well, one of my leaders in my church went to that faith meeting, and he came back and said, oh, pastor, you should have been there. I said, I said oh, it was deep. I said, "Wow!" Oh, oh, Pastor, it was deep. I said, "Man, it was deep." I said, "Well, what did he teach?" He went, "I don't know. It was deep." And there is so many Christians that want to run around here in the deep, and they don't get the basics. And then they get a little thing that uh, faith Christian is a molehill, and they think it's a mountain. And then you see a Christian's walking in faith, and they're facing a mountain, but to them it's a molehill. And people look at them and say, I just don't know how you're doing it. And so what I'm teaching today, I say, good, you're at the right place. I'll show you how I'm doing it. Amen. Is that good preaching or what? Amen. Amen. And so don't go around chasing the deep so much that you just deep. Hey man, let's stay in the shallow waters where the fishing's good. Why did I say that? Because look at my lake and all the fish I got out there, they're in the shallow waters. <laughs> but any, anyway, uh, Peter had the same Holy Spirit that Paul had. He is led to say these things. I've got the same Holy Spirit, you do too. And so Jesus wants preachers to keep teaching and reminding God's children the basics of faith. You must continually shore up your faith foundation. Why is that? Because we live in earth suits while on earth, and life happens. Life happens. And, you know, I think I think about Mike and Betty. You know, there's so many examples I can see here. Think about, because I've been here almost 16 years now, 15 and a half years. So I've got to know a lot of your lives pretty well. I know Mike and Betty have a lot of life going on for the jobs they have. And they have rental houses, take care of houses, jobs, and all the things they do. That's all life happens. And when life happens, somebody may ask you uh tomorrow, what did your pastor teach about on Sunday? And you say, It was good, but I really don't remember. But you take notes. So you go back and look at your notes. Oh yeah, then you got stirred up again and you remember because life happens. And look at Nadine, all the houses she sells and stuff. Matthew, that's a busy woman, gets all this stuff going on. Comes in here and gets all filled up. But then they ask bill the week, well, what was it about Sunday? I say, man, I don't know what changed my life. Well, what was it? I don't know. I'm going to have to look at my notes. And that's the way it is. That's why we take notes. That's why we do what we do. We've got to be stirred up. And that's why he said, keep on teaching it. Keep on teaching it. Keep on teaching it. As a matter of fact, uh, the Lord said something through me yesterday at the men's meeting I never thought about before. Because sometimes you get dense. Sometimes I get dense. And sometimes when God's wanting to talk to you, I've seen it happen in my life this way. And I know it happens to you. The Lord will be wanting to get something across to you. He needs to change in your thinking so he can bless you. And so you'll be reading your Bible or verse will jump off. Oh, that's good. And you forget about it. You'll turn on your radio or something and all of a sudden a preacher's preaching that verse. You say, well, I just read that. But then you forget about it. And then you talk to some fellow believer, and they say, wow, look at this verse I found. And you hear it again. And then by the time that happens, about a dozen times, all of a sudden you go, duh, God's trying to tell me something. Amen. And that's why we keep telling you the same thing over and over and over again. Because God wants you to get this faith thing once and for all settled how it works, and then stick with it all the days of your life. Amen. You give the Lord a half. you want to. That, that was pretty good. So are you ready to be stirred? Amen. Who's ready to be stirred? Well, that's where we're headed. Go to Mark chapter 5. And we're going to be looking at verses 25 to 34. And this is my favorite faith lesson in the New Testament. I love Mark chapter 5. It's one of my favorite faith lessons to teach out of. And Mark chapter 5 helps me stay sharp and you know I'll give you a little nugget from my own life that I got off Brother Hagan and it's always helped me and he got it off another preacher suggested to him Brother Hagan said no matter where else I read in my Bible every day he said no matter where else I read he said I always read something on faith and healing always and so with all the studies I do and all the things I read, every day I try to look up faith verses again. I've read thousands and thousands of times. I read healing passages again. I quote healing verses again. I read faith and healing. Why is that? I don't want to die for my time. I don't want to be sick and crippled up. I don't want to be hindered from what God wants me to do because I'm sick all the time. And so I feed on faith and healing every day. No matter what else goes on. I feed on faith and healing. I got I got devotionals that I look at. I got my own Bible things I do. I've got the church Bible thing that we put on the internet that everybody gets to look at. But for my personal thing I always, always, always do faith and healing. Matter of fact, you think about your your physical body, Jesus said man shall live by bread alone, but by every word proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, the word of God is to your spirit what natural food is to your body. And so I like to eat, but I got one a day vitamins to take too. Yeah, my doctor said, take fish oil. So no matter what else I eat, I take my vitamins and I take fish oil, because he said to do that. So no matter what else I read the Bible, I read on faith and I read on healing. I take my vitamins. I just want to make sure that I stay strong so I can finish all God has for me. So in Mark chapter 5, <clears throat> I want you to notice verse 25. Says, and a certain woman, which had an issue of blood, twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, had spent all that she had, spent all of her money, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. And so this passage right here, he says, a certain woman, and you know, Jesus taught by parables. And then also had real-life examples going on of people that crossed his path, people they ministered to. And a parable is a made-up story, but it's a natural illustration to get across to spiritual truth. Parables talk about fishermen. Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. So when when you expound on that, you think, wow, just how you catch fish, he says you can spiritually reach out and use bait and catch people for Jesus. Amen. And then he talks about the carpenters. Says a wise man builds house upon the rock. Builds houses. And that's a spiritual truth though that he says. He says the way you build your house is you hear and you obey the word. And so on and on and on he tells us stories. But then sometimes he gives us case histories. So this is a case history right here of a real woman. And so it says the woman had this disease for 12 years. So I, I, I wrote this down. A lot of Christians can identify with this lady. Maybe yourself or somebody you love has had a disease a long time. And maybe they went to a lot of doctors, and they didn't get better, they got worse. And maybe with that long history of health problems, they ran out of health care insurance and ran out of money. And so a lot of Christians can identify with that. Now, this is where too many Christians stop and camp out, and this is where they start whining on social media. They'll complain. They'll complain about health care. They'll complain about doctors. They'll complain about, nobody helps me, nobody cares. And they contact, and this is so prevalent today, I'll call 1-800-SUE, lawyers, off TV. We used to have phone books. I hated that. I tore that page out of my phone book. Years ago, the phone book started coming. All of a sudden, they passed those new laws years ago. Anybody could sue anything for anything they wanted to all the time. Sue, sue, sue. So all of a sudden, those lawyers put out millions of dollars advertising. You get your phone book and they got the great big picture of that grin and face, man. It looked like the grits to me. Had that grin and face out there and said, call one 800 sue, Destroy other people's lives. And so, so many people today, where they're going through crisis, they whine, And they want to call the sue lawyers. Well, guess what? Social media isn't going to get you healed. 1-800-SUE-LAWYER isn't going to get you healed. I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. I'm talking to Christians right now. This woman could have whined. I don't know if she could have sued anybody or not. She could have cried, she didn't have Facebook, but she could have, she could have did all kinds of whatever she wanted to do, but the woman needed healed. And so if you're in that category where you're broke now, you're still sick, you've been everywhere else, I got good news for you right here. I'm going to show you how to receive healing in your life. And so, so many Christians, so many Christians, they stop right there and don't look in the right direction. And so I want you to look then at verse 34, and then we'll come back and show you how she got to verse 34. So we already know, been, been sick for 12 years, ran out of doctors, ran out of money, ran out of everything else, but the end of the story is this, and he said unto her, Jesus said to her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. We're talking about the basics of faith. He said, Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace, and behold thy plague, behold thy disease. He said her faith had made her whole. And so she did finally get healed. She was broke. No doctors could help her. What kind of church are we? We're a Christian church. Why are we are a Christian church? Because Christ is the author and finisher of Christians and our faith. And so this Christ right here we're talking about told that woman... You might have been sick for 12 years. You might be broke. Money didn't get you healed. Doctor didn't get you healed. He said your faith got you healed. And so we're going to talk about the basics of faith today. And the same faith that will get you healed is the same faith that will restore your marriage. Right, David Irma? Amen. That put a marriage back together. That was impossible. Faith put it together. Amen. 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 And, you know, I just look across here at the financial problems I've seen over the years with some of you, at the job job losses I've seen, yet here you are smiling. and I know in the last two weeks we got a couple of really good testimonies of people that came from down here and now they're managers and leaders in successful businesses because they went from down here to up here because they've sat here and heard faith talk for all these years and they got it. Amen. Your faith will get you a job. Your faith will get you a car. Your faith will bring those kids home. Somebody needs to hear that right now. Your faith will bring those kids home, and they won't be the same. Amen. They're going to be changed in Jesus' name. Faith works. And so anyway, he said, your faith will make you whole. And so what got her healed? It wasn't Jesus' faith. And we'll see that in the teaching here. Jesus would have said then, Lady, my faith got you healed. He didn't say that. He said, your faith got you healed. A lot of people want Jesus to do everything. Jesus will only do what you got faith in him to do. If Jesus randomly got everybody healed, there would have been no sick people in the Bible. But a lot of people didn't get it because they didn't hook up where they're supposed to hook up with faith. Same thing today. And so, what got her healed? Not her pastor or a preacher's faith. We can get faith into you, but your faith's got to hook up to get it. It wasn't her friend's faith. You can have some friends that have strong faith to get them healed. They can agree with you. But if you don't hook up with faith, I'm talking about Bible faith, then you still won't get it. Amen. Amen. And so Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. You need to write that one down. God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. So if you do what she did, you'll get what she got. Now I want to look at this and just make three simple points out, 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 out of this little lesson right here, number one, I want you to look at verse twenty-seven. It says, "When she had heard, when she had heard, of who? Who'd she hear of? Jesus. Look at hold your place. Look at Romans ten seventeen, and we're talking about the ingredients of faith." We'll talk about how you can have faith that will make you whole. You can have faith that will get you healed. You can have faith that will get the marriage restored. You can have faith that will put money in the bank. You can have faith that will get your car paid off. And we're talking about the basics of faith. And so I'll read this first out of the religious translation. So the faith cometh by trials. Man, I'll tell you what, if that were the case, we'd all be faith giants. How many here has never had a trial? <laughs> We've all had trials. And if trials gave us faith, then man, we would be a hundred foot tall in the spirit. Faith doesn't come by trials, but you know there's religious people that believe that and say things like, Well, I'll tell you what, God gave me that trial to make me stronger. If it made you stronger, how come you're limping? How come you're broke? How come you have no peace and you're depressed if God gave you that to make you stronger? You're not stronger, you're depressed. You're bent over. You're broke. Nobody wants to be around you because you're grouchy. (laughs) Amen. Faith doesn't come by trials. As somebody said then, well, I'll tell you how faith comes. What I believe, faith cometh by praying. No, faith doesn't come by praying. If you don't have Bible faith, you're going to be praying in whine, whining mode. You're going to be praying in, 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 in complaining mode. You're going to be doing the old, oh God, don't you care? God, can't you see? Oh God, thou knowest. There's no faith in that. Faith cometh by What? Hearing what? The Word of God. And so this woman, this woman, obviously for 12 years, if she would have had social media, she could have Googled and goggled. And in the Google goggle mode, she'd have found another doctor. And she heard about the doctor. That says she got worse. And she could have found somebody else that would give her a grant or give her money. So she'd go to the next specialist. And the Bible says for twelve years she heard about all these guys that every time she went says she got broker and she got sicker. Isn't that what it says? But then guess what happened? She changed her source of information. She changed. She changed where she's looking for answers. And you know what I can say? If you are going through something very, very, very rough in your life right now, I suggest you have a 30-day fast of smartphones. Keep your phone from making phone calls, receiving phone calls. you got to have family texts and stuff like that. But change your source of information. Facebook will not get you healed. Twitter won't get you healed. Google won't get you healed. It says, "What she had heard of Jesus. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the words of Jesus. Faith does not come from Facebook. Faith doesn't come from Google. And so if you're getting all these things all the time, thinking, well, I'll just get another answer. And you know, by the way, let me say this. The devil will put no pressure on you to stay off of Facebook. He'll entice you to look at it. He'll put no pressure on you to go to Google. Matter of fact, he will bless you with his unanointing to go to Google. But you got to look at your Bible or if your pastor says, you know what, we got a book in the bookstore on marriage just like the problem you're going through. You try to read that book there, man, you'll get sleepy. You'll get hungry. You'll get tired. And you'll think about Facebook. And you lay that book down, and then you come back to me a month from now, say, Pastor, man, we're still fighting like cats and dogs. Don't know what we're going to do. I say, have you guys been studying that marriage resource I gave you? No. But we saw this on Facebook. And so this woman, she heard of Jesus, changed her source of information. And so get off searching for more answers about the problem, as search for the answers about the solution. Get in the Bible. And so she already had the sickness, but she needed faith for healing, so she changed her source of information. Start researching what the Bible says about healing. Start researching what the Bible says about your finances. Start researching what the Bible says about your children. Amen. Okay, point number two, it's about the basics of faith. Verse twenty-eight. Mark five, verse twenty-eight, point number two says this for she said something out of her mouth, she spoke. If I may touch but his clothes, she said, I shall be whole. She said, I shall be whole. For she said. And so uh, if if I may touch but is clothes, I shall be whole. And so she started talking different. And flip over a few chapters to chapter 11, and look at verse 22 and 23. And remember, we're talking about the basics of faith. And we did see in Hebrews chapter 12 that Jesus is the source of our faith. He's the one that's going to mature our faith, but we've got to cooperate with his faith plan. We've got to follow the plan. So step number one, you've got to change your source of information, whatever you're facing you got to start hearing the truth. The truth is what the Word of God says. And so verse 22 and verse 23 says this. Jesus after he said of them, Have faith in Google. Well, I'll tell you what, Pastor. You know, you might be saying this about that disease, but here's what I read on Facebook. Oh, so you went to the losers. You want to identify with the losers. Well, here's what I saw Jesus said about it. I'm going to identify with Jesus. Would you believe it or not, I've talked to people what the Bible said, and they told me that's not what I saw on the Internet. I thought, man, I really can't help you then. If you got more confidence in probably what some atheist said about your life than what Jesus says about it, then you're really in trouble. Do you know that a lot of anti-God, anti-Christian people put that information on there that you're reading? I'll tell you what, I've never done it before. But probably, if you ask Google what they think about tithing, I'll exaggerate a little bit, they'll probably say, that's the way crooked preachers steal your money. <laughs> it's possible somebody say that on there, because they don't have Bible information for the most part. So have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever, and what I saw whosoever in my Bible... I put a red circle around that, and right beside it I wrote, This means me, because I'm whosoever. Because uh, when, I, when I got born again back in Indiana, we had a whole lot more religious churches there than we do out here, I think. And back there, I heard all the time, Well, that was just for the original 12. That was just for these, but that passed away now. And I thought, Wait a minute. When Jesus was talking here, he was talking to the twelve, and if it was just for them, Jesus would have said, You twelve, I want to tell you something it's just for you, but it won't work for anybody else. But that's not what he said. He talked to the twelve, and he said, Here's how faith in God works, whosoever. And so, you need to get that settled in your mind. And just say this, say, whosoever, say this, say, whosoever, whosoever. means me. I am whosoever. So Jesus is talking to me. So he says, Whosoever shall say, shall say, Be the woman said, I touch his garment, I'll be whole. Jesus said, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Well, that mountain there represents crisis. Big problems. Mountains are big. Big problems. If you were a woman... And just think about it, especially back in Jesus' time, they don't have hospitals, emergency cares, all this stuff on every corner. You're a woman over there in the Middle East, and you've got female problems. And you're bleeding for 12 years, and nobody can help you. Would you call that a mountain? I'd call it a mountain today. <laughs> so that's a major problem. And so we're talking about the basics of faith. It said whosoever shall say to this crisis, this mountain, be thou removed. Be thou casted to the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart. Listen closely. This is for every Christian that's listening. There's a difference between your heart and your head. Faith is in your heart. When you got born again, you didn't say, Jesus, come into my head. You said, Jesus, come into my heart. You didn't say, oh, Jesus, I believe with all of my head. You said, I believe with all of my heart, Jesus. I believe with all of my heart, you're real, Jesus. I believe with all of my heart that you're going to do this. You'll say, I believe with all of my head. And so your head is hooked up to this natural realm. Your heart, your spirit's hooked up with the spiritual realm where Jesus is. And so it says, shall not doubt in his heart. Faith from the heart. Will always work, even with the head is being filled with doubt. You've got to shut the head off when you're under attack. I think I, I still think about when when Pastor Dave had leukemia and he was crippled. You don't know what a I don't know what to say it was on my head. He was in a special room at the Children's Hospital. We're talking about back in what was that? 1980? What? 85? 86? 86. Back, back, back that many years ago. Go, he was in this special glass room. It was all windows all the way around it, right across from the nurses, because they had to watch David 24-7. And even back then, with the technology they had back then, that glass room had monitors all around everything. He was full of wires, tubes, gauges, all kinds of stuff. And I told him I wouldn't leave the hospital, I slept in his bed with him. That was my son. Devils tried to kill him. And so I said, told them, I said, I'm not leaving. If you're working on him, I'm gonna be right here. Because everything took place. I had my hands on him. I was praying over him. Everything going on. If all that stuff going on, here beep, 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 If four or five nurses come running in the room and they're all out there watching me all the time with him because those glasses are out, you think doubt wasn't in my head? <laughs> All that stuff going on where they told me the chances he had of living and all those things. But you know what I did? I just closed my eyes. I thought about that verse and I said, Jesus, I doubt not in my heart. He shall be whole. I doubt not in my heart. He's coming out of this, Jesus. He said, shall not doubt in his heart. But then he says, shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. What did this woman saith? I touch his garments, I shall be whole. I shall be whole. And so I'll never forget that hospital. It's, a, to me, probably one of the best hospitals in the world for children. But anyway, within two weeks, well, that's after I saw him jump off the bed, he'll dance and everything. I'm not going to go to that part. But I'll never forget it. I was standing there with another man, talking to the doctor about things going on, and as I talked to him, he was wanting to give a report. And we talked for a long time. This person would bring out these papers, to give it to the doctor. The doctor would go, now give me another one. And we kept on talking. And the doctor said, now give me another one. This went on, I know, at least a half hour, they kept breaking paperwork and showing it to him. And he finally looked up at me. He said, Mr. Samples, I'm going to have to apologize to you. There's something wrong with our equipment. We're going to have have our equipment checked. There's something wrong with our equipment. I said, oh, well, it just so happened at the same time, I taught a healing class, a spiritual healing class at a big church in Indianapolis, and the guy that I taught with was a cancer doctor in that same medical group. And so he told me at that same time they went on the doctor's retreat, and he said David Samples was the main topic of that whole weekend, at the doctor's retreat. He said the reason being said this kid in two weeks' time from full-blown diagnosis of leukemia had healed healthy and whole blood. And he said here's what that doctor was so messed up about when he told you his equipment was messed up. He said when they did this chemotherapy, his blood was supposed to have all the blood cells killed right down to the very hardly anything there. And it takes six months. For a blood cell go from a baby to a mature cell. And they killed off his mature cells. And so that doctor kept looking. Mature blood cells. Mature blood cells. Mature blood. Can't be. Can't be. Equipment's broke. He can't have mature blood. Said we killed all the mature blood cells. But you know what the dad kept saying in that room all day and all night? He shall be whole. He shall be whole. He shall be whole. He shall be whole. Has been laid on him. He shall be whole. Amen. And so he says, I want you to notice this, at the end of this verse, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And so whatever it is in life you're facing, the basics of faith, number one, you've got to hear the truth of what God says. You've got to keep saying what God says. And so you must get very serious about what you say about your health or any other crisis in your life. And if you have to, I haven't said this for a long time, if you have to, go down to Wally World, or we got lots of other places now, buy a roll of gray tape. What do you do with the gray tape? Well, you tear off a piece about this long, you put a little slit in it, and put it across your mouth. That way you can breathe through this little slit if you need to, breathe through your nose, Why do you want to put gray tape on it. So you keep your mouth shut if you don't know how to control it yet. Amen? Have whatsoever he saith. And then the, the third thing I want to look at, chapter 5, verse 27, says, She heard of Jesus. She came in the press, or she came in the crowd, as she touched his garment. She came in the crowd, as she touched his garment. Hold your place, James one twenty-two. Here's the third ingredient of faith. And this is the last thing we're going to look at today on the faith, because these three things right here are the basic ingredients of faith. She heard, she said, and then verse 22, of James 1 says this, but be you doers of the word, be you doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And so it's not what you hear and know, it's what you know and do that gets results. It's what you know and do that gets results. You've got to do what you say you're going to do. And you know, to me, a really good example to always use is the tithing thing. So many people hear us talk about tithers' rights, the benefits of tithing, etc. And they say, well, I want those tithers' rights. Well, do what tithers do. Don't just hear about Malachi chapter 3. Do what Malachi chapter 3 says. It says, you bring the tithe in and God rebukes. And so you can hear about it but if you don't do it, you won't get it. it. says, believers lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Well, you could hear that and say, I've got faith in that. But until you actually lay hands on somebody or get hands laid on you, it's not going to work. You've got to do what the Bible says to do. So you hear, you confess, and you do. And Jesus said, lady, your faith has made you whole. And so I did my part. I brought to you, remember, it's the basics of faith. Now it's up to you. Hear the Word. Speak the Word. Act on the Word. And Jesus will say, Son, our daughter, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has got your kids where they belong. Your faith has got you that job. Your faith has got you out of that debt. Your faith, whatever it is you're facing... If you hear, you say, and you do, that Jesus will say to you, your faith got you the answer. Amen? Amen. The basics of faith.
0: All right. Amen. Who was blessed today? What a good word from heaven. We live by faith. It's not something we talk about. It's not something that we think about we live our lives by faith the word tells us that the just shall live by faith and we've got to remember that amen well praise god i'm gonna have us go ahead and stand up together today amen god is good to us who's ready to take on another week in the name of jesus amen nothing can hold us back nothing can stand against us i want to pray over you today and then we're going to speak some words of faith over barstone and we know that you are victorious, and you're going to conquer anything and everything that comes up against you. Amen. Let's raise our hands together. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for your word, and we thank you, Lord, that your word is true. We receive it today in the name of Jesus, and I declare that every single person listening right now, every single person in this room that has connected their faith to you, Lord, that they are blessed in the name of Jesus. They are healed. They are healthy. They are whole. They they are prospering. No weapon formed against us shall prosper in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we know that this week you are going to use us to share your love and to be the light of the world. And Lord, as we close out 2020, we say right now in the name of Jesus, these next couple months are going to be the best months that we've ever had in our entire lives so far, God. Miracles that we need are happening. Breakthroughs that we need to take place are breaking through right now in Jesus name and you are going to get the glory Lord in Jesus name anytime that something good happens to us we're going to give you the glory and people are going to look to you and say I need Jesus too we thank you for it Lord we love you so much in Jesus name everybody said amen amen we remind you that we do have family night tonight we're going to kind of uh make it a a, a, it's going to be a little different tonight we're going to streamline it it's going to be an acoustic worship night and we're going to do some stuff for the kids it's going to be awesome so we invite you parents to and grandparents bring the kids out we're going to bless them and we're going to we're going to minister to their needs and to the parents and families needs tonight also i remind you that our theme verse for 2020 anybody remember what our theme verse is Proverbs 11, 11, yes. It says, when right living people bless the city, it flourishes. Evil talk turns it into a ghost town in no time. So don't you dare speak any negative words over Barstow. We speak life. We speak blessing. We speak prosperity. We speak healing in the mighty name of Jesus. And that's what we believe. And that's what we are going to receive. Let's speak some words of faith over Barstow. So who wants to help me out here today? Come on, somebody. Who's gonna who's gonna help old Pastor Dave out? Come on, come on, come on. Alright, I if you don't volunteer, I volunteer. You guys know how it works around here. So Ryan, you wanna do it? Ryan raised his hand. Come on up, buddy, come on up. Let's hear it for Ryan. Come on, everybody. All right, brother. Gonna close out and speak some words of faith. If you don't get it memorized, it's right down there, man.
1: Okay. <laughs> right Ready? Yes. Do I have to take my mask off? No, you're good, you're good, okay. You're good. <laughs> also is saved. In Jesus' name, Amen.